0: Hi, this is Cole, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round.
1: This is Beth, and I will be continuing my talk about Christmas trees.
0: This is Randy, and I will be talking about Christmas ornament traditions.
2: And this is Sydney, and I will be talking about Bing Crosby.
0: So we had some holiday happenings this past week. We mentioned, I think on the last podcast, that we were about to decorate our large live real <laughs> Christmas tree in our family room last weekend. So we were able to do that with no issues. We put it up on blocks and it looks beautiful. As always, they always end up looking great uh, by the time we're done. Right. So that was well, cool. that's just because we're good at decorating. We're so we? good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I actually like it. I was thinking about this. We got the blocks because... These are concrete blocks,
0: by yes. the way. cinder blocks.
1: Cinder blocks. We got them because we have such a tall ceiling and all the 12-foot Fraser firs were gone. But I like it because it's so much easier to water. Yeah, it is. Water, crawl under it, like all that. It's, yeah, a, yeah, a like lot easier. Every morning I come down and I don't have to worry about getting sap in my hair.
0: Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> drilling underneath. It's easier to see, you know, into the water area. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just
1: so nice. I'm like, Huh. This is kind of nice. Not bad. Not bad (laughs) at all.
0: Yes, very fun. Uh, Sydney and I also saw some snow flurries the other morning when we were leaving for work around 5.30. I guess it was in the morning. I don't know if you saw any of that same morning call. No, no. I just saw stuff. um, I'm not even sure if I saw stuff on the ground uh, around our area. When I was closer to D.C., there was definitely snow on the ground oh is that right yeah hmm. by the time you got there and you could see the grass through it it wasn't a significant amount so right. it probably melted pretty quickly and then we have some things coming up this week i leave for new york city for a business trip tomorrow but while i'm there um, i will be visiting places like rockefeller center for the big christmas tree macy's on 34th street and i'm going to go see the christmas spectacular rocket show so all those things would be very fun. I think it's supposed to be nice the day I get there, but then rain the next day and the day I leave then after that. But it should be fun to see all the holiday decorations in New York. We actually went to New York as a family one year as part of my business trip and got to take the kids to the Christmas Spectacular and all the basically the same things. I think we would, two of us went ice skating yeah. for a little bit in Bryan's Park. So that was very fun. You guys remember that trip? I do. Yeah, very fun. And then next weekend, next Saturday, is our holiday party that we have each year. So we'll be working on putting that together. I've got to get the games together. I usually play you know, three or four different games, and we have prizes, and uh, we do a white elephant gift exchange. So, which we've talked about. Which we've talked about on yep. this podcast. So lots of fun things coming up in the weeks ahead.
1: During the last podcast, I talked about fir trees. And I'm going to just recap the difference between the firs, spruces, and pines. I didn't know really the difference between them before I had done this research. So there are a lot of factors to consider. The variety of tree, the fragrance, the shape of the tree, the color, the shape of the needles, whether they're sharp or soft, the sterniness of the branches. So on the pine trees... They have two, three, or five groups of needles versus single needles. If the twig has its needles individually, you've got a fir or a spruce. So the fir trees are what we went over during the last podcast, and those needles grow individually on the branches, and their needles are soft and flat and don't roll easily between your fingertips.
0: So now we're going to be talking about the rolly ones.
1: If you, you we are going to be talking about the roly ones.
0: What nice guess.
1: It was a nice guess. The last thing to know is that if a Christmas tree is referred to as pyramid or conical, it's really the same shape. The conical one is a little more slender than the pyramid. So I'm going to start with the spruce trees for no particular reason.
0: Just I to just, spruce things up.
1: Just. <laughs> I'm going to start with the Blue Spruce. The Blue Spruce is also known as the Colorado Blue Spruce. It has silver blue needles that tend to curve upwards, and it's native to the Rocky Mountains. And it is said to have the perfect Christmas tree shape, which makes me want to go look at pictures of a Blue Spruce. They rarely shed their needles, but the needles are very sharp. They have stiff branches that hold ornaments well. And an interesting fact, they do not have much fragrance unless the needles are broken and then they smell unpleasant. What? 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 I know. Picture perfect tree, but if the needles are crushed, they smell unpleasant. See, that's like the
2: opposite of the fir trees because...
0: When you break the needles...
1: It smells so good.
0: It's just more Christmassy smell.
1: Yeah. It is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I so, wonder what it
0: smells like. Yeah, could, is it like you, a stink could bomb you elaborate on what the bad <laughs> smell? Stink bomb. What's, what's a comparable <laughs> smell?
1: It doesn't say. I, it doesn't say what the unpleasant smell is, and it doesn't say it's a terrible smell. It just says unpleasant. It's an unpleasant smell. Next Which we'll one go.
0: of the great advantages of having a large tree is the wonderful smell right. in your house, right? I right. think.
1: But they are a popular tree. So So you
0: probably don't see a lot of Colorado blue spruce air fresheners.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, There's no fragrance (laughs) spheres there. So the next one is the Norway spruce. So the Norway spruce is a dark green tree. The blue spruce clearly has that silver blue color. The Norway spruce is a dark green tree. It has a mild pleasant scent. It's of a medium fragrance. The needles are sharp. Although common in the United States, it is actually native to Europe. It does not have good needle retention, so you need to make sure to water it.
0: I think you meant... I was going
1: to say elaborately. (laughs) (laughs) Generously. Generously is a better one. So the needles radiate equally in all directions around the branch, like a bristle brush. So an interesting fact, in 2017, the Christmas tree variety selected for the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree was a Norway spruce. The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree is one that you will be seeing.
0: That's right. I'm very excited to see it.
1: And so you'll have to see if it's a Norway spruce. Oh, good point. Finally, we have the white spruce. These needles are short and sturdy with a blue-green color. The needles hold better than other spruces. They're able to hold heavy ornaments. They drop some needles. The needles smell bad. Wow. An interesting fact, the white spruce is also called the Canadian spruce, the Western white spruce, and the skunk spruce.
0: Wow. <laughs> no, thank you.
1: Isn't that funny? So, the two spruces that don't smell good are the white and the blue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the Norway are the dark green ones that have a mild, pleasant scent.
0: It sounds like if you want a spruce tree, don't get one from the Americas.
1: Yeah. Get one
0: from Europe.
1: But they're they're popular. They're a popular Christmas tree. So some people might some people like them.
0: So this year's Rockefeller Christmas tree is a seventy-seven foot Norway spruce.
1: Okay, wow. so that's the same as in two thousand seventeen.
0: And that, it's about sixty years old. The tree is. So
1: they cut down a sixty-year-old tree. Huh? Yep. Yeah. She
0: planted it. The lady who gave it said she planted it intentionally for the Rockefeller Center. Oh,
1: okay. They must grow just really well. The shape must be really nice. It's just interesting. We are, we are such a Christmas fir tree family that it's just interesting to find out more about the spruces. Mm-hmm. Next, we're going to move on to the pines. I have two pines here. I'm going to start with a white pine. There's the white pine, which has needles that grow in bundles which I think is a pine feature anyway. I think both of them grow in bundles. It has bluish green hues and pointed tips. The branches of this Christmas tree are flexible and give off little to no aroma, so it's a good tree for those with sensitivity to strong aromas. This pine tree is not recommended for heavy ornaments or large decorations because the branches are not as strong. They're more flexible. It doesn't drop many needles, that's an advantage. It's affordable, that's an advantage. And they grow tall, so they're good for rooms with high ceilings. A fun fact for this particular pine tree is that it is the largest one in the United States. Mature trees can live up to 400 years and grow to heights of about 230 feet tall. That is a big
0: room. That is a big room.
1: Finally, we come to the scotch pine also referred to as the scots pine it's another common christmas tree and it has a medium fragrance it's dark green and has sturdy branches so it's good for plenty of christmas lights and decorations the branches curve upward making it good for holding the ornaments But wear gloves when handling them because the needles can be sharp. The scotch pine is known for its long-term needle retention. So if you're going to put it up early and you want it to stay long, this is one of the ones you might want to consider. That means less cleanup for you when Christmas ends. The scotch pine is the most widely planted pine tree in the U.S. And a fun fact, it's also the national tree of, can you guess? Scotland. Scotland! That's it. I thought
0: it was a trick question.
1: (laughs) It wasn't. So there's some more information about your trees. So you can make informed decisions next year. Come back to these podcasts a little early and learn about your Christmas trees and decide which one you want.
0: Yeah, it's interesting about the smell, the needles. That that would play a part in me deciding what kind of tree to get.
1: Definitely for me. Yeah, I wouldn't
0: want a skunky. (laughs) Some kind of bad smelling tree. A skunk tree?
1: Yeah.
0: As we mentioned, uh, we have several Christmas trees in our house. Many of them are artificial. Right. And then we have the one live one, the Fraser Fir. So we actually have two artificial trees upstairs that are like six feet-ish, seven feet tall. More, yeah. Three artificials downstairs. One artificial outside of the back porch. And then our large Fraser Fir in our family room. So obviously we don't put those trees there just to look at their green finery right? We cover them with things. They're covered in lights, they're covered in garland, and ornaments. So what I wanted to talk about today is some ornament traditions that you may have heard of, some that we follow and some that we don't. So the first one is the Christmas pickle. So you may have heard of the Christmas pickle. So we actually first encountered the Christmas pickle, which is a green glass-blown pickle. Uh, We first encountered this in Walt Disney World in Epcot in the Germany Pavilion. And there was a whole tree. Yeah, just of the pickles. Of just <laughs> of the pickles. And every pickle had this little card on it. And the little card told the story about how parents in Germany hide the pickle ornament somewhere in the tree on Christmas Eve. And whichever child spots it first on Christmas morning, they get to open their present first or they get an extra present, depending on who's running the, <laughs> who's running the tradition. Oh, okay. When you said or... I wasn't sure if it was like the child had the choice of like immediate gratification or like down the road. (laughs) Well, it also, also says that whoever finds the ornament will have good luck that year. Whether you'd rather promote guaranteed good fortune or get the family excited about extra gift, there's no doubt that this tradition sounds like fun. So we thought, oh, well, that's kind of interesting that there's this tradition about that. We should think about doing that. So as time went on, what we found is that... This is not a tradition that you can definitively trace back to old world Germany. So, in fact, there was a poll of over 2,000 Germans about this tradition.
1: Oh, that's
0: funny. And 91% of them were unaware of such a (laughs) legend.
1: That's hilarious. (laughs) And that's what I, eventually that's what I came to understand, too, that it's, it's not really a German tradition. It's just a fun little something.
0: Now, there are some people that think, well, it could have been like a small area tradition okay. that those people migrated and then it kind of blew up over time. There are some people who are a little more jaded on uh, where the tradition came from and try to link it back to F.W. Woolworth, who was a store uh, magnet. He had a lot of these Woolworth stores back in the 1880s and and around that period of time. And he actually sold uh, those glass pickles with a card that stated the tradition. So some people think he actually started it, similar to the way Montgomery Ward started the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story and tradition along the way. Um, So the Christmas pickle ornament tradition seems to have been popular in the Midwestern states for a while. I don't know if there was more Woolworths there, but uh, it kind of picked up steam. And then other places like Epcot in Florida kind of expanded upon it and became a bigger thing. And when more and more people started to look into it, the more um, unlikely it seemed that this is actually a old world German tradition. But to it's
1: di- more like just a fun thing to do.
0: Exactly. It's still a fun thing to do. The tradition itself is called Weinachskerke. Skerke oh. meaning pickle. Why um, not Skirky? Why not? Skirky? Why not, <laughs> why not <Skirky?
1: laughs>
0: Yeah, so that is a interesting tradition and your know, traditions start somewhere right and they kind of explode um you you hope that you don't like lie about where they came from well, but <laughs>
1: or but, fabricate or or exaggerate or exaggerate
0: right but uh that is a tradition that some people enjoy and it's kind of a fun thing to it do it is a fun thing to do the second one is the spider so there's actually a story so i don't know if you guys realize that there are spider ornaments you could put on your tree
1: that is for halloween no
0: nope, it's for christmas So the legend actually comes from Eastern Europe. Um, We think it originated in Ukraine. So this is a legend that actually you can point back to that has history. The story goes that a poor widow and her young children lived in a barren hut. Seems to fit. Okay. (laughs) So far, so good. (laughs) Eastern Europe. (laughs) (laughs) When a pine cone fell to the dirt floor and began to sprout, the children were excited because it meant they could have a Christmas tree. So the children cared for the little sapling all year long. So it was in the little dirt hut. Christmas tree growing. However, they had no money for ornaments to decorate it, so they went to bed sad on Christmas Eve. In the morning, the tree was covered in spider webs. When the rays of the sun hit the webs, they turned into silver and gold, and the family was never poor again. Didn't see that one coming, did you? No. I just saw
1: spiders.
0: <laughs> yes. Covered
1: what, in webs is never a good thing be for me. Wouldn't that be a fun
0: thing to come down in the morning <laughs> and your Christmas tree is covered, covered in, in webs. spider it's, webs? That's
2: when you get the uh, blowtorch. <laughs>
0: but um, it's funny. There's the there is a long tradition of, um, in Eastern Europe, things that are not silver and gold turning into silver and gold. Like the, uh, the squirrel story. That's right. That <laughs> I... Yes. Which I'll have to uh, explain it at some point. <laughs> That's right, this world. So in some variations of this tale, the uh, webs are magically changed into silver by St. Nicholas, by baby Jesus. There's like some variations of how the whole transformation happened. But either way, the legend is the origin of tinsel as a seasonal decoration. Oh. So isn't that interesting? That's where the idea of tinsel came from. So even today, Ukrainians still decorate their trees with Christmas Spider ornaments. So, if you find a cobweb on a tree Christmas morning, consider it good luck.
1: No. (laughs) I don't think I will. But it does make me think of... Do you remember when we were growing up and you've seen like pictures of past Christmas trees? They're just covered in tinsel.
0: Oh, yeah. I love... When we were kids... Me too. We would decorate the tree. We would take big fistfuls of that tinsel and just throw it onto the tree, it would be just laden with tinsel. It was so beautiful. It was so It was so sparkly. <laughs> it was crazy. Just
1: just to note, we have no tinsel on any of our trees. We so have a lot of trees. this success.
0: is that, that strand is about, I don't know, eight inches long, ten inches long of just silver. Yeah. Like a little thin piece of silver. So um, my parents, there's five of us boys helping to decorate, and my parents just constantly said, one at a time one at a time so we would switch to one at a time when they didn't look we'd grab like a fist and,
2: and
0: throw it up onto the tree so very fun i uh i like your next one here so the next one actually is something that i wondered about because when i was growing up we always had a tradition of putting a bird at least one bird usually multiple on the christmas tree uh, yeah, some of them that. had nests that kind of attached to the ornament, some were just the birds themselves. So I kinda of wondered, along with the the pickle and the spider, which I had heard about, was there an origin to that story? Is the uh that'd be funny if in your notes the origin was just birds like trees. <laughs> <laughs> birds are in trees. Birds are in trees. Like you really don't have to dig that deep into it. Right. So my mom would explain that this would represent good fortune for us uh, for the year to come. So okay. it was kind of like a you know, good luck kind of thing. So when we, Beth and I, became a young couple, I made sure we had a bird of our own that we could put on a tree. for. Because for heaven's sake, I wanted to have good fortune for the year to come. So when looking up the tradition, it appears to extend from a tradition in Europe, probably Germany, where it was good luck to find a bird in your tree.
1: In your Christmas tree?
0: Mm-hmm. So... So it's funny how you know you find something in your tree, and instead of it being a bad thing, let's make it a good thing. Good
2: tree. <laughs> hey, it's a bird in our Christmas. Is there is there a tradition awesome. of a raccoon being? In a tree?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. The the lucky raccoon, <laughs> or like in uh, in France, it was good luck if your cat knocked your tree down. <laughs> <laughs> just like trying to put a positive spin on like, whatever's just, happening. Yeah, whatever's happening. <laughs> so so obviously for hundreds of years, people had to go into the woods or forest to cut their own Christmas tree down. It was probably not uncommon to find a bird's nest in the tree, so why not make it a positive thing? Sure, right? eggs. So unlike the spider... <laughs> ah, okay, that's not positive. It is.
1: They're also probably very small.
0: <laughs> Although there's not a specific story that started the tradition that I could find, the stories popped up later than the tradition started to kind of explain the tradition or to kind of say what it, its purpose was. So... People will say, oh, it's a legend that if, if you have a bird in a nest in your Christmas tree, you and your family will experience health, wealth, and happiness in the coming year. So a bird's nest, according to like places that you'll go and buy an ornament that's got a bird in a bird's nest in it, they'll say, bird's nests are symbols of home. They represent the love, commitment, and effort it takes to build a happy home. Bird's nests are also good luck symbols legend has it that prosperity will come to any home that finds a bird's nest nestled among branches of the family christmas tree so that's from a ornament company in glass <laughs> ornament company right so they where yeah. they can they point you know they attach some legend to it along the way
1: and try to make it part of home and family and right. love and we have birds on our trees we don't have a bird on every tree And I don't know that we have a bird nest on any tree.
0: I always make sure we have a bird on the big tree.
1: We have a bunch of birds on our tree.
0: Birds are always my favorite thing to put onto the tree. I will scour our boxes of ornaments to find the birds. I don't know why. I just, I like them. I think it's because of the series of birds that we have. Um, I don't remember what the series is called, but... um, It's a Hallmark ornament series. It's a Hallmark ornament series, but they're really pretty... They're beautiful. um, Are they glass? No. They're, no, they're heavy. They're heavy something. Metal. They're metal. They're they're the. Uh, I really like that series. Yeah, it's it is a very fun series, and it changes every year which um, bird is included. Like we have yeah. bluebirds, blue jays, cardinals, canaries, like just a yep. whole hummingbird. S- yeah, hummingbird. We have a whole series of them. So that's kind of where the bird tradition came from. So I thought that was kind of interesting that it had some origins in in Europe. Probably in Germany, associated with finding a bird or bird's nest in your so tree. So it was related to the fact that birds are in trees. It was, it absolutely was. <laughs> there was no yes. like, there was no twist in there. Yes. So there's a number of ornaments that have special meaning, right? So like a house ornament symbolizes family shelter and protection. A heart ornament might mean true love in the home. An angel ornament. We have a lot of angel ornaments. Ask God's guidance for the home. A rabbit on the tree symbolizes peace with nature. So you, a rabbit is an animal maybe that you brought home with you yeah. with the tree. I don't know. But we actually do have rabbit ornaments on we our do? tree. We yeah. do? Yeah.
1: And they're really cute. They and,
0: are. An acorn ornament represents the gift of life from oh, the so birth of Christ child and symbolizes good luck because it comes from the sacred oak tree. That kind of funny little Christ sacred thing, little druid there. Fruit? Yeah. <laughs> the sacred oak tree. I
1: would have expected a pine cone uh-huh. because that came from the pine tree.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, that literally we're bringing into our home. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Frogs are traditionally symbols of good luck because frogs can't move backwards or from side to side. They're always moving forward, suggesting reaching goals and accomplishments.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't it?
0: So traditions are an important part of the holidays for your family and and your friends. And it's fun to continue traditions from your families as you grow older, as it's kind of a connection to your past, to your... um, family that you like grandparents or you know parents or great 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 grandparents you didn't even know that your parents have passed along it's also fun though to start new traditions and that's why even though some people complain that like the pickle tradition isn't really rooted in ancient europe or whatever um, it's still a fun thing to do and i think it's important to find new things that you can kind of pick up and talk about as a family tradition Along and I think putting ornaments on your trees is a fun place to do that sort of thing. It's a you do it once a year. You usually do it as a family. It's a way that you guys can remember something and just share something together. So I was going to ask you, what's your favorite ornaments? Nicole talked about the bird ornaments, and what traditions do you have? Because we actually have one other, at least one other tradition I thought of that um, we didn't mention. Uh, One other ornament tradition. Mm -hmm. Oh well. one thing that I really enjoy, and you're probably thinking of, is we each have an ornament with our name on it. Yes. So right. those are the first ornaments that we put on the tree, and we usually take some time to take a picture of each of us holding our ornament as we're putting it on the tree. And we have them for the kid or cats, too. Exactly.
1: Initially, I would make the ornaments with glue and glitter. Which and is learned. a
0: tradition that comes from my mother,
1: is that right? That's
0: right. So, when I was a kid, we each had our names on a basically just a plain glass ball. Right. Yeah. And it, the, my mom would take glue and she'd write each letter and she put glitter on it. You yep. can't do the whole name because the glue slides. Right. She so had to do each letter at a time. And Yes. We, she would do that for each. So, we each had an ornament with glitter. And What's it's not name? glitter glue, it's glue. It's like Elmer's glue. Exactly. <laughs> and he sprinkled it's glitter. It's the old time, right? Yes. So, that's how we did it. And we, I I don't remember any of ours ever breaking. Like, we were super careful with those. We didn't put them on first when we were kids, but we put them on. um, They were yours. They were ours to put on. So when it popped out of the box, wherever it was, it was our turn to put it on. And um, your mother was second or third generation Italy on her side. She would have been um, her great-grandparents... Came from Her great grandparents? No, I'm sorry, like, her grandparents. Her grandparents. Came, yeah, came her grandparents. Okay. My great grandparents. So you could say that's an Italian tradition. I, guess. Trace yes, that back I don't to, know. Yeah.
1: Well, you could. You, you could. <laughs> so if that, you, so if
0: you wanted to make up a, a backstory to that tradition. Right. So when we first started, you did the same thing.
1: I did. And I remember specifically making one for our cats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, for Mandarin. For Mandarin! Our, yes, was and for. Boca. Uh, um, mocha. mocha. Yes, there's our, our first two, two cats. And that, uh,
0: that tradition carried over.
1: It did, and we still have them for our animals. But happily, interestingly, as we started going to Disney World, Disney will write the names right there on there for you, and they're beautiful. So we each have a Mickey head <laughs> ornament with our names on it. And My Sydney's um uh, Blue and Silver. It's Blue and Silver. I think it has snow flakes on it, yeah. S- Silvery snowflakes, so it's beautiful. So we each have chosen a Mickey head, and then you choose what color you want them to put the name on, and they're gorgeous. So we each have that now.
0: We each humans have that. The cats are still stuck with the glitter.
1: (laughs) Do they? No, no. No, I think Ember has. Here's the story, okay? (laughs)
2: Here's the story with Ember. Ember is our youngest cat. She's our um, orange cat. We typically make ornaments, and actually we use glitter glue. And when we finally got to Ember, we were trying to find the right ornament for her. And then we finally found a random ornament, and we put her name on it, and it just looked ugly.
1: Yeah, we couldn't find it. didn't look good. Yeah, so it like the wrong
0: colors together or yeah. something. Yeah.
2: So yeah. like it never ended up right. So finally, I was looking around for um, just a legit ornament, and I finally found one in a store with an E on it. So, And it's really super cute. It is white and green and red. It has a... Green E on it. It has a red bow with white polka dots on
1: it. And it's super cute, and that's her ornament. (laughs) It is
0: so much fancier than the other
1: cats. (laughs) And I will say, Ember's stocking is so much different than the other two cats' stockings. (laughs) With a big E on it, and it's all fancy. So, Ember ended up with all the fancy stuff. I will
0: say that Cinder, which is our outside feral cat, who we have a... Igloo out there for and we feed her. She's got it's she got a heated yeah. It's a heated igloo, heated igloo with a heated food bowl
1: and water bowl. She does (laughs) not
0: have an ornament nor a stocking.
1: No, but she has a heated food (laughs) and water bowl (laughs) and a heated igloo and blankies. Yeah,
2: and we have a tree out there and we have a a tree out there. there. (laughs) So
0: we could get her an ornament and just put it on the outside tree. tree. We have pine cones on the outside tree, so we could just. (laughs) We could write a C on there for Cinder. That's funny. Yes. Yes. So those are fun um, traditions. That was the one I was thinking of, Cole, that we started from my family. We modified it. Beth brought in the the pets. She always brings in the pets. Yeah. Why? She brought in the pets. And it's one of those traditions that I like so much. It's just been always part of our life that I can't imagine not carrying that over to my kids right that's awesome and then we also obviously have ornaments that when we get them out different people are excited to put those particular ornaments right. up. uh colex the bird ornaments but he also loves to put this a uh, muppet's beaker ornament oh, yeah. on my the tree goodness. to make sure it is front and center because when you it is. push the button uh beaker sings he sings ode to joy he sings ode to Joy." Only the, in, in the way only Beaker could do. Right. Right.
1: And in the way that just thinking about it makes me roll my eyes. And oh,
0: there's and eyes. there's a if you're interested, there's a music video of Beaker singing "Ode to awesome. Joy. We always make sure that we have at least one Star Trek ship on our family tree that lights up.
1: Again, Beth rolling her eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we uh we have like the nice ornaments, like the the fancy birds and the uh, um colored different colored balls and yeah. stuff like that. But we also Try to include uh, a bunch of fun. whimsical, yeah,
1: whimsical, but but not a bunch of whimsical,
0: yeah, well, some
1: whimsical. The
0: nice thing is we have a lot of trees, so that means a lot of ornaments that right. we can we can share and remember. The Disney tree is always fun to put up. Uh, do you two have specific ornaments that you enjoy putting up?
2: Yeah, like I always like um, um, putting up your grandfather's ornaments that he made. Right. And your mom's ornament that she made. So yep. these are handmade ornaments so they are with push pins and they're um beautiful. And beads.
0: Yeah. Handmade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just describing it doesn't do justice to how beautiful these things are. They are amazing. And the
1: time it had to take to make them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I my mom made some ornaments with me that were of similar concept, although not as elaborate as the ones that they did. And I remember at about halfway through, my thumb would be, both thumbs would be just like almost bleeding because you're just pushing pin in after pin. And it's a very painful process. So to do a large, larger ones like that they did was I mean, pretty impressive, right? Yeah. They must have had very callous thumbs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I, I love the whole getting them out, the family decorating, the big Christmas tree in the family room. But I really, I love our themed Christmas trees. We have one in the kitchen that's the red and white. We have the one in the dining room that's the blue and silver. And I love that tree. And we got twinkling lights that I just love. And then there's the Mickey Mouse tree. I actually, one of my favorite trees is up in our bedroom. It's the retro tree. That's a, that's a lot of fun.
0: It's retro in the sense that they, the ornament colors are kind of the retro
1: right. colors. But...
0: The tree itself is not
1: retro. As I'm speaking, one of my favorite trees and one of, some of my favorite ornaments are in the upstairs overlook area. And they are the ones the kids made.
0: Right. Oh, and they do not hold up well. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: is. They are so cute. I love them. There
0: are a couple that are just like... Paper plates with a picture glued them. and maybe some um, pipe cleaners sticking yeah, out. Maybe out some pipe cleaners. <laughs> Not that, clear what that was supposed to be or what the significance oh goodness, of the pipe cleaners are was. Oh my goodness, they
1: are so stinking cute. I love walking up there, and we have a bunch of different the kids were allowed to put stuff up there that they wanted, like a Barbie ornament or whatever. But it's their little handmade trees, some of them have their little faces on them. and There's one that was just a paper snowman. That's huge. (laughs) Pipe cleaner little thing to hook it onto this tree. I love that thing. So, yeah. So, I would have to say my favorite ornaments are the ones the kids made growing up. Very fun.
0: Very lame.
1: (laughs) So cute. Yeah,
0: I was listening to a a, uh, podcast where somebody, a mother, sent to her son, because now he's married... His ornaments that he made when he was a kid. And the people on the podcast thought that was so weird because they are like, why are you putting ornaments that you made as a kid onto your nice Christmas tree? Um, you don't have kids. Like, there's, there's like, yeah. not a connection to it. And they were saying that if they had kids, then you could at least say, well, hey, dad made this or mom made this when we yeah. were little. Versus, like, just... Hey, I'm going to decorate my tree. I want my big, like my big paper plate to put on there.
1: With my, with the, yeah, it's the paper plate that's a wreath, yeah, right? Yeah. That every kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. paste the little things yes. on. But, so, but from a mom's standpoint, they're precious. Yes. So yeah, she I could, got rid of hers. So I could see so maybe they
0: weren't so precious. <laughs> <laughs> she sent them
1: away. I was going to say. So she was probably thinking. Oh my goodness, these are so precious. I'm going to give them to his wife. She'll think right, they're just right, as exactly. precious. But I, I have to say, I would hesitate. Cause I wouldn't be sure that they were taken care of well enough. <laughs> right, exactly. Well right. Enough.
0: I think you should hold on. You should hold on to that, <laughs> and you should not ship me all of my old uh, <laughs> ornaments.
1: I'll keep them here, safe and sound.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Their safety is my primary concern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: I was thinking if someone did that to me, I'd she'd suddenly, you know, when we visited, she'd suddenly find them on her tree. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Just you'd gift them back. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the back of the tree. <laughs> right. if, and if there wasn't
0: room, you'd bring another tree. That's right.
2: Just for that. Yeah. So putting up ornaments on a Christmas tree is a awesomely fun tradition that we do around Christmas time. Another tradition is listening to Christmas music, fun Christmas songs, and whether, you know, you are aware of it or not, um, a lot of the Christmas songs sung around this time of year are um, sung by Bing Crosby. That's right. They
0: now we are. usually take a pause from January to June to not listen to Christmas music, but then yeah. we pick up again in July. Yeah,
1: because, you know, you have to. Why, why would you right. wait? Those are such great things to listen to. <laughs> right. So... I'm going to be just talking a little bit about Bing Crosby. So, we know him. We love him. And we love
2: him. Um, Cole and I grew up listening to his Christmas music. We've seen him in movies such as White Christmas, Holiday Inn. Uh, we know that he's... He was uh, in he so just, many of the don't...
0: old uh, like holiday specials. Yeah, and which always, we have. Yeah, which yeah. we have. He'd always make a guest appearance, so we'd be like oh, we know him, we hope he sings, and he always did say, because that's what he does.
2: Yeah, and he was the host of his own show, so we know, like, a, like he's done a lot, <laughs> but when I was doing research on him, there's there's just so much that this man has done. So I'll just talk a little bit about um, Bing and who he was and how he's influenced America. So, Bing Crosby, his full name is Harry Lillis Crosby Jr.
0: His name wasn't Bing? Wow. No. Wow.
2: No. He was... An American singer, comedian, and actor, the first multimedia star Crosby was a leader in record sales, radio ratings, and motion picture grosses from 1931
0: to 1954.
2: Wow. He had a good run. Yeah, his yeah. early career, his early career coincided with record innovations that allowed him to develop an intimate singing style that influenced many male singers who followed him, including Perry Como, Frank Sinatra, Dick Haymans, and Dean Martin. Isn't that interesting? Bing was the forerunner. Yes. He did a lot of stuff for the um, troops overseas during World War II, and according to 1948 Music Digest, estimated that his records filled more than half of the 80,000 weekly hours allocated to record radio music. So he won an Oscar for Best Actor for his role as Father Chuck O'Malley in the 1944 motion picture Going My Way.
0: Father Chuck. That's funny.
2: Yes. Better than Father bang. In 1963, Crosby received the first Grammy Global Achievement Award. He is one of 33 people that have three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, He did a lot with his longtime friend and comedian Bob Hope. So Crosby influenced the development of the um, post-war recording industry. Um, apparently after seeing a demonstration of a German broadcast um, quality reel-to-reel tape recorder, which was brought to America, Crosby invested 50000 in a California electronics company called Ampex to build copies. He then convinced ABC to allow him to tape his shows... And he became the first performer to pre-record his radio shows and master his commercial recordings onto magnetic tape. Wow.
0: And that was a lot more money back in the day. Oh, like my gosh. when you account for inflation.
2: Yeah. He also helped finance uh, the development of videotape, bought television stations, bred racehorses, and co-owned the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team. No oh, way! Wow. Yeah. So, um, Crosby was born on May 3rd in 1903 in Tacoma, Washington. He was the fourth of seven children. So, when Crosby was a child, he loved a comic section feature called the Bingville Bugle, which was a fake bumpkin newspaper. One day, his neighbor spotted him reading it, like nicknamed him Bingo from Bingoville. So, over time, Bingo became Bing.
0: That's so funny.
2: That's hilarious. So, it's a childhood nickname why he became Bing. Cause I was like, is is Bing his name? How did he? How I was, was like, how that happen? because yeah, <laughs> I had
0: always, uh, I had wondered that. I was like, was Bing? I had figured it was just kind of a name. Yeah. Then
2: yeah, just a really like super unique name, you know. Yeah. Bing started singing in his early um, career years, and he sang in a high school band, uh, which was disbanded, and then um, him and another person obtained work at the Klemmer Theater in Spokane, um, now known as the Bing Crosby Theater. He was originally a member of a vocal trio called the Three Harmony Aces. and As his career went on, um, he went to New York. Then later in his career, he joined the Rhythm Boys. So a lot of his vocal and music was grounded in jazz. Mm. So that was kind of a, a hallmark of his musical career. Crosby's vocal style helped take popular singing beyond the belting uh, associated with Al Johnson and Billy Murray who had to Basically, belt out their notes so that everyone in the back of the theater could hear. So basically, it's not quite like it, but it helped to develop the crooner. Right, that's what I was thinking. He went from,
1: you talked about belting. Yeah. He's known as a crooner. Yes. And that's a very different style.
2: It is. So for those who are curious, a crooner style... It's a singing style made possible by the use of microphones.
1: Because they no longer need to belt out the... Exactly. Yeah. The,
2: they can be quieter. They can have more emphasis on, you know... It's on the
1: notes. A lot on easier, the sound. It's a lot
0: easier on the ears.
1: Yes. And even in White Christmas, he, there was a little line that says, Oh, the crooners become the comic. Exactly. Yeah, so it's a term that's been used. Yes, and H- Crosby helped c- to create it. So,
2: during the Second World War, Crosby made live appearances before American troops who had been fighting in the European theater. He learned how to pronounce German from written scripts and read propaganda broadcasts intended for German forces. The nickname Der Bingle was common among Crosby's German listeners and came to be used by his English-speaking fans. In a poll of U.S. troops at the close of World War II, okay, this is interesting, Crosby topped the list as the person who had done the most for the GI morale. Ahead of President Franklin Roosevelt, General Dwight Eisenhower, and Bob Hope.
1: Wow. Like, it's just, yeah. And it's interesting, because you always hear about Bob Hope. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually Bing Crosby who did the most for the morale. Yes.
2: So Um, Bing
1: didn't get the credit. (laughs) 60 million Crosby
2: discs have been marketed since he first made his... Since he made his first record in 1931. His biggest bestseller... And the song that we know it from is "White Christmas." Yes, with it is. Two million impressions, of which had been sold in the U.S. and two hundred and fifty thousand in Great Britain. Yeah. So back then, they had to create hard copies of like oh, physical copies gotcha. of someone who' who sang it. And apparently, it was so popular that um, that he had to like literally the copies that they made to make more copies from to sell were disintegrating. So he actually had to go back and re-record with all the other like musicians. Oh, interesting! um, So that they could sell more copies of it. Wow! Um, So that was just fascinating.
0: So that was based on the technology they were using at the time. Yeah,
2: exactly. And of course, White Christmas was the biggest hit song of Crosby's career. White Christmas was created by Irving Berlin. Yep. And Crosby first introduced it on Christmas Day radio broadcast in 1941. The song then appeared in Crosby's movie Holiday Inn from 1942, and that's um, that's when it kind of like hit big time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, of course, we know it from the actual movie White Christmas, which Bing is also in, and they sing that song, and it's just beautiful and amazing with Danny Kay, Rosemary yeah.
1: Clooney, exactly, and um, Vera Ellen, although she actually isn't singing.
2: And we are in Front Royal, so there is a Bing Crosby Stadium in Front Royal, Virginia which was named after Crosby in honor of his fundraising and cash contributions for its construction from 1948 to 1950. I had no idea even like half of all of the stuff that he did.
0: Yeah, we, there's a number of people that participate in a lot of the holiday movies and TV shows that we watch. Like, Burl Ives, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, just a number of them that have whole careers that you, if you don't really pay attention, you, you might miss out on. So this podcast is our last Christmas podcast before Christmas Day. So the future festivities are for the week of December 23rd. December 23rd is National Pfeffernus Day. What is that? It's a it's a German cookie.
1: Of course it is.
0: <laughs> Made with molasses. So look for more information on that on the 23rd. So the 24th, obviously, is Christmas Eve. December 25th is...
1: Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. Day.
0: December 26th is Boxing Day. Oh,
2: that's right.
0: December 27th is National Fruitcake Day. I don't know if that's when you receive your fruitcakes or you Will get you rid, rid of them. them away? <laughs> December 28th is Card Playing Day, which I oh, thought was appropriate. A Do something with your family. Sure. December 29th is National Pepper Pot Day. Pepper Pot is a soup that was nicknamed the soup that won the war, referring to the Revolutionary War. So find out more about that on December 29th. On social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Holiday Underscore Moons. On Instagram, you can follow us at Holiday Moons, all one word. On Facebook, you can find us by searching Holiday Moons. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And you can contact us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So from our house to yours, have a very Merry Christmas. Christmas.